Just when you thought we couldn't boldly go any further than before, we somehow boldly go further. Right to the planet Haven, where we'll meet Deanna Troy's mom. Played by the late Majel Barrett. Majel! Get ready for the tech talk. Ticka, 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 ticka. Working. Excuse me, Captain Kirk, I'm minding the store right now, don't bother me. Then we'll go all inside the actor's studio on the man behind the machine. Brent Spiner's so great, that look that he makes, it's like he loves watching them kind of misbehave. Right. We'll channel the greatest entity of them all, Beyonce. He's all upset. Right. Hey, put a ring on it, baby. Then the nonsense and how to swing it. And I know it's uh, patriarchal nonsense, but there's also just nonsense. All this and... Life goals! Ah, yes, all this, life goals, and somehow more. Life goals! Coming at you right about now. So we are now currently recording... Recording on both sides of the pond tonight. Is there is there anything is there anything you'd like to say before uh, we begin the countdown? I'm <clears throat> clearing my my throat. Five. Space. Four. The final frontier. Three. These are the voyages. Two. One. The starship. Enterprise. Welcome, everybody, to everyone's favorite podcast, STTNG's Not Another Star Trek Podcast. When are we going to get a handle on this? When is this going to stop? I mean, I think right next to climate change, this is America's greatest crisis. Dave? Uh, Yeah, as soon as they start wearing seatbelts on the bridge, that's when we're going to get a handle on it. Because there are no handles in space. I, by the way, Hmm? am the delightful Ambassador Andrew, and this is my little buddy. (laughs) This is not Gilligan's Island, my friend. (laughs) Okay, let's start that again. I, of course, am Skipper Andrew, and this is my little buddy. Commander Dave! Yes. Thank you. Hey, I just want everybody to know, I'm deep, deep, deep into my Picard, okay? I'm working all on right. it all day. You think this thing just is like a self-contained show that happens right here just for the, the hour? No. There, there were many, uh, many moments in the car today. Many moving parts. Jean-Luc must come alive. <laughs> I think it, probably more interesting than the podcast is your uh, attempts to do <laughs> your Jean-Luc. Say, were you going to say struggle? Is I was going to say struggle, but I, I backed off of that. Thank but you. I think in the end, what people are going to start doing is is editing this on their own and just getting rid of everything except you no. doing the card. <laughs> no, because listen, 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 I'm on a journey. I'm hoping that this is like a little bit extra that we're giving, we're giving the audience that like, say we're on episode 10 now, but maybe around 26 or something or in the 30s. Man, this Picard is really going to get going, and it's going to be like it's going to be like you're talking to Patrick Stewart, and you're going to say, "Wait, wait, hold on a second. What? There's not going to be this. It's not going to be a joke anymore." Is what I'm saying. This is going to be deadly serious. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. This it, is going to be it, like it, a third career. For yeah, you. you're gonna. It's like you're going to be talking to a poop emoji. Is what you're going to be. Is, is what's going to be happening here. You're not going to know where the, the sir starts and the poop emoji ends. I really don't know how you got to poop emoji on that. Haven't you that's... seen? Um, haven't you seen the um, Sir Patrick Stewart in um, the Emojis movie? No. Why would I see that? (laughs) 
you know, be really funny, Gene. I've got a good idea. You know, be really hysterical is if we paid five million dollars to Patrick Stewart so he could play the poop emoji. I, I think you're one of the twelve people who saw the the emoji movie. So, geez, he also was in that movie. He played Merlin. I didn't see this oh, one no. either. But listen, he played listen. Merlin for yeah, this little right. kid to be the king. Actually, or that that movie is pretty good. I did see that one. Oh. Okay. That is a good movie, a well-made movie, a, a movie for the younger people, but also a, a, an entertaining film. And he's 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 not in much of it, but he's good. He's good in it. Well, okay. I also want to point out that this uh, podcast is uh, about Star Trek The Next Generation and not about the numerous children's movies that you have uh, apparently uh, watched. It's all about um, Picard, man. That that was all that was all <laughs> Picard. That was no, all Patrick I, I Stewart just, talk right he's, there. He's hasn't he been in there? He's only been in children's movies. Or no, do no, you only... he played he played some neo Nazi in a movie a couple years ago. Well, let me ask you. Yeah. Huh. Let me ask you this one real fast. Yes. What exactly do we do in this podcast again? Oh, oh, oh! We sit around and talk about Patrick Stewart. I think. No, we sit. We we're in children's what, what, movies. Yeah. What we're doing right now is uh, we're 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 we visit every episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and we're and we're going back. We're watching each episode one by one. Every one of them. Them. There's 187 episodes. Why do you keep getting that backwards? One hundred. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. It's dyslexia. dyslexia. 178 episodes. I, I have um don't have dyslexia, but there's something about numbers I get them mixed up. So maybe it's like that's, dyslexia. That's kind of dyslexia. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Is it 178? Have you? Have you? Yes, 178. Have you ever been tested for this? I'm sorry, uh, uh, if, listeners. Please take a moment. This might be a breakthrough. Oh yeah, we're we're really gonna learn some things. So we have learned a lot about me tonight, haven't we? Yes, we have. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're going through each episode, and we're, we are re-watching, we're enjoying uh, the episode for what it is, and then we're sharing it with you, the listener. Enjoying? Really? Is that the verb? Well, well, listen, and, and I got to tell you, I'm conflicted, because so far, it's not, the expression so far so good it cannot be used so far <laughs> in this season. <laughs> Because I did not expect this. I expected we were going to watch these episodes. Some of them were going to be like, oh, okay, this is this is fun to return and all that. But but what's happening is we're finding that these episodes are really tough. And and yeah. I, and I think tonight, <laughs> I think tonight it's there's a lot of good stuff in this episode. There's a lot of stuff I found really good and enjoyable and funny. It's coming. Mm-hmm. We're getting better episodes. We're, but we're I, getting there. Yeah. I just don't know what I'm going to do when. The episodes are much better than this because we're trying to find the little gems in each episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna weep with joy is what I'm gonna do oh, because yeah. sometimes I'm I'm an enormous amount of emotional pain, <laughs> spiritual pain watching some spiritual of these things. Pain. What are we gonna talk about though? That's the thing. This is not uncommon. It's not uncommon that the first season of a show, right, especially a show like this, is rough. Ah. And we have also talked about the fact that they're trying to find both the performers, the actors, the writers, the producers. Everyone is trying to find their footing. Right. Certainly part of that creative tension is is making these profound mistakes. Mm. As painful as they are, I think we've also been good about tracking the fact that we know that these things are going to change, number one. But number two. Number one. That we can understand that this is part of the process. When we're talking about Picard doing this doddering old captain thing, I mean, realizing that uh, Patrick Stewart's like in his mid-50s, by the way, that he's not that old, but he's just portrayed as as sort of old, and it betrays a kind of thinking that will get adjusted as time goes on. And when he becomes this unlikely sex symbol right. and, and, and focus of the show. I mean, I think that part's interesting. It and again, it's sure. painful. We're doing we're doing the the work. 
That's we're, what I yeah. like to say. We're doing the work. <laughs> we're working the soil. <laughs> Rika, Rika, get my slippers. Do you know the name of this particular episode that we're uh, talking this, about today? This episode right here, episode 10, is Haven. Haven. Another stunning title. Bum, bum, Not since the battle have we had such a gripping and complex title. You know, the titles are as if they didn't know that the titles were going to be displayed at the beginning of the episode. Because uh, I, I think the first couple episodes we had... Uh, incident at Farpoint, is that what it was? Uh, at encounter Farpoint? at Farpoint. En- encounter at Farpoint, dummy! Well, they're so generic, it's easy to forget. Uh, that one's at least <laughs> has more than one word, okay? That one's an attempt. The Lonely Among Us, that was a good title. The Lonely Among Us. Didn't make sense. Even The Naked Now is not too bad. Naked Now, yeah. Oh, Naked Now is a classic title. Excellent. It doesn't, none of them make any sense. They don't have anything to do with the, the actual episodes. But then you've got these other ones, The Battle, Haven. Uh, what was the other one about? Justice. 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 Well, I got to tell you that this one is particularly annoying because, well, where in Justice, they actually talk about justice. Mm. Where in the battle, there's actually a battle. Here there's Haven, the planet Haven. They never go there. That's true. I mean, they just sort of float above it. We never see it. Lord only knows what it looks like. Right. Maybe it's just like the planet on Injustice, you know, filled with scantily clad people. We don't know. Oh, oh all, all we're told is it's a, a, a relaxing place with mystical healing properties. I get it. I get it. Yes. Um, yes. I want to talk about some homework. We've suggested that our listeners perhaps see the uh, episode before we're before we talk about it. Yes. That you view it. That, that you, would be that, nice. That yeah. you go to the links so you maybe look at it, but it is not necessary. If you know a thing. I think it's it's a lot more fun if it you is. actually it have, is. especially because we're talking about some of the visual stuff. And there's some great visuals in this one that are, we're going to be very hard yeah. breath to, there, to do justice a, to. There is some weird stuff that happens, especially right at the beginning of this episode. It, it is worth a little scan through. And, I, and I'm going to say, some of these episodes are hard to get through, but this one, this one went by fast for me. I watched it. Oh, no. It was a fun episode. Yeah, it's fun. It's full of fun well, stuff. Well, and I think it also points out, you know, the, the power of this particular format that they use, that we, we've seen in other, other settings, of course, other shows, but the, the versatility. So now, after having hide and cue where, where mm. Riker is struggling with godhood, we can have a family comedy with a romance. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but God, wanna... this is crazy laughter. Okay, so so <laughs> our friends in the Enterprise yes. are just going to Haven where they're hoping to get some R&R, but also because Counselor Troy apparently is going to marry some person that he, he, he was arranged. The marriage was arranged in their childhood. Right. And... Troy, and uh, the betrothed name, by the way, is Wyatt. Wyatt Miller, because... Wyatt is is is, is paging Dr. Miller. <laughs> it's Wyatt Miller, and he is a doctor. He's got to be a friend of Roddenberry's or something. I mean, it's just such a specific Earth name. <laughs> well, well, can, let me ask you something about this Haven, okay? So they're going to Haven, right? Deanna's going there, and her and her mom's going to meet her there, and, and she's going to get married there, and the spouse-to-be... His family's there. I mean, like, they're, it's all arranged, right? They're all right. supposed to meet in this location. Right. But is, is it is it that it just so happens to be happening that they are going to this place, or is the whole ship going there because she is she's going to get married? Well, see, and that's the weird thing, because she wasn't there last week. Right. Because she was gone somewhere on some family business or something. It's okay. Like, why couldn't she have gotten married then? <laughs> But no, the flagship of the Federation has been diverted and sent to Haven. And I don't know if I can't recall now if the people, 
if her mother and the Millers, <laughs> the Millers, go go to Haven right. and and to intersect with the Enterprise, or if the Enterprise goes to Haven because they're there. Right. I don't remember, and I don't know if it's really particularly discussed in any detail. It isn't. No. Because before you know it, they're just there. And and like yes. I said, we never go to Haven. Right. It's it's nothing we ever learn about or will ever return to. Of course, Haven's just hanging out doing its thing. Mm. And suddenly out of nowhere, a mysterious ship appears, and we find out it's the Torellians. Torellians. Famous for being essentially space lepers. They they have some plague as a result of a biological weapon used on their planet because once again oh they're so silly these primitive people and uh everyone's freaking out because here comes the plague ship well it's no good i mean when the plague ship shows up well no that 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 kind of ruins the wedding but 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 I, i mean i was thinking how like what a coincidence this is of course but then at the same time the ship does have a reason to go to Haven. I mean, they're going there. Yeah. Well, there's two reasons. Sure. But on the surface, they're going to be healed by the whatever the healing waters of Haven. But I got okay. Stop yes. everything. Stop nope. everything. Hold the presses. That's this that's episode. Hold the presses. Yes. Stop the presses. Don't no, hold no. them. Stop the presses. You can hold them too. Okay. Or stop them. Cuddle the presses because this episode, the episode Haven, is in fact the first filmed appearance of Armin Shimmerman. Oh, my God. Hold on a second. You know how I feel about the Shimmerman. Oh, my God. Oh, geez. Whoa. Oh, my heart is racing. Thank you. Armin Shimmerman. And now he actually appeared on screen uh, first as a Ferengi, one of the landing party Ferengi. In the yep. last outpost, the first Ferengi yep. episode, uh, but he this, was one of the one of the jumpy ones. And I got to tell you, it is really one of my favorite parts of the episode. The silver box beams aboard, <laughs> and the box has a face on yes. it. Yes, and the face starts talking, and it's all like, "Oh, you know, I'm a gift. You know, oh, look at this." <laughs> and then it, it oh pops open, all these jewels come out. But the, well, the face embedded in the box. <laughs> Is Armin Shimmerman? It's weird, and this is why I was suggesting that people watch at least this part of the show because it this might be one of the weirdest things that I've seen so far on the show. I mean, outside of the planet with the jungle gym and crap. Yes, <laughs> Luton. Armin Shimmerman is playing a talking steel plate. It's like a big old. Yes. It's like a big serving dish that gets beamed into the uh, transporter room. Whee! And then there he is, and it's got a face on it. And then they, it's cool. It's a cool effect because from the wide shot, it's just this, you know, molded thing with a fake face on it. But then when they get close, all of a sudden the eyes pop open. And then he's like, be my guest, be my guest. <laughs> but you know what I love about it? Yes. It's so no. damn surreal. It is. And it's so interesting. And it's so like, this is what you should be seeing in space. Right. This is what. I would hope would happen when we go out into uh-huh. the universe and see crazy stuff like this. Yeah. Instead of just everyone being exactly like us, just with a weirder forehead. This is the stuff right. I want to see. Exactly. And I think it's like, it's like Kubrick visited the set for one day and, 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 and Ron Berry's like, Oh, you have any notes for me, Kubes? And he's like, yeah, you know, what'd be funny is if you had a talking steel plate in this scene, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that, really does feel unique to this universe of Star Trek. You just don't, I mean, you rarely see it though. 
You really well, see and, stuff And like we've that. had a couple of different opportunities now with The Naked Now, which was the second episode, and um, where no one has gone before, the episode with The Traveler, where they're hallucinating, and there's these, there's a potential there uh, for yeah. some really crazy stuff. And we lamented when we talked about those episodes that that potential is just not realized. It is this kind of stuff that I was hoping we would have seen, right? I mean, just something as as wacky and weird, the idea of a talking box. Yeah, a But that's the box. weird and wacky yeah. stuff that we're looking for, right? right. And I, that and we're I, hoping for. I think they think that the Q stuff is like that. Last episode, we had Q with that Tigarian three-headed um, cobra snake thing oh, or whatever. Oh, when it was Aldebaran. Aldebaran, yeah, no, Aldebaran. Aldebaran serpent. Tagarian, Aldebaran, Gargabian, uh, three-headed Shimmermanian um, uh, uh, cobra. No, no. But I, I think that the Q stuff kind of gets into that territory sometimes, too, especially in Farpoint, that yeah. the weirdness of what happens. It can. And I just, you know, instead they dress him up and whatever they have in the back lot, like we talked about last time with Hyde and Q in, in right. his French outfit. You know, he should be wearing some crazy stuff. And I would really appreciate it. If he would have ended up being some like very strange looking alien instead of, you know, John Delancey. And I still feel bad over <laughs> saying bad things about John Delancey's Why? appearance last night. No, time. no, come on. Th- listen, I mean, no, no, I'm not saying no, no, John Delancey's funny to make fun of. What I'm saying is <laughs> I'm happy to have something that doesn't look like a big weird alien. I want to see a human being. And I know I keep ranting and raving about this, but one of the things I really enjoy about this episode is that when Deanna Troy's mom shows up, right? Yes. Loxana. Loxana Troy. Loxana. She has the very slightest alienness about her. Instead of, you know, it's not ears, but they do something with her irises. They give her this contact lens. And so she has these black eyes. And that's great. It's that's all you need. She's an alien. We get it. You look at her. She's like, wow, she's that's enough. Enough. Let the actor. act. Well, and then you cast you cast uh, Carol uh, Strickian as as Mr. Holm, her assistant. Oh, all right. Yes. OK. So first of all, we should we should point out that Luxana Troy, of course, is pl- uh, played by the late Majel Barrett. Major. And she's she will show up pretty much every season as this character, rather, with Mr. Holm and Tove most of the time. Oh, is he back? Oh, I he oh he's back, baby. Oh, I thought this was a one-time episode for him. Oh no, okay, no, no, no. He 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 actually is so wonderful, and he is another part of this episode that I just absolutely love. Yes, everyone knows who Major Barrett is, right? I don't need to go through this, or do I need to go through this? Well, listen, I mean, what kind of dork is listening to this show and doesn't know who she is? But it's possible, it's possible that you've got a very to... special kind of dork. What? Well, the the question you might ask is, what kind of dork is listening to the show? And you know, right? Compared to the. <laughs> yeah. dork who are making the show, I, so, I I think we're probably safe to say that Major Barrett, of course, was second wife of Gene Roddenberry. She played Nurse Chapel. On the original series, everyone. On the original series, she played Nurse yes. Christine Chapel, who was longing in her loins for yes. uh, Mr. Spock. She made a, I believe she made a Ponfar soup for Mr. No, po- Spock. No, a, a Vulcan Pomeek soup. Oh, God, man. I'm never going to get this right. Vulcan Pomeek soup. I believe she made a Vulcan Pomeek soup. Soup. <laughs> <laughs> or a suit. A suit. Forget it. We'll just let it stand. Anyway, the thing, and she had it chucked at her head, too. 
Yeah. And of course, she's the voice of the computer. She's the voice of the computer on the original series, the voice of the computer on TNG. She's the voice of the computer on Voyager. All the computers DSI. Yeah, yeah. Alive. Just pretty much all of them. But I think she passed away around the time Enterprise was coming out. So I don't know. She might not have been the early voice. <laughs> yeah. They got a, you know, I wonder, a Major I wonder, Barrett impersonator. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder if that's what's happening. Because we have this new show that I, I will admit I have not seen the new Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yet. Discovery? No. Yeah. I mean, I, I have not enjoyed, but I wonder what the computer sounds like on that show. Or if there even is one. Is there one? I don't know. I haven't seen it. The The computer in the original series always did that. Working. I know. There was that. But it made that sound. Working. I always love that. I just thought that was fantastic. Like a clicking sound. Yeah. Like it would be doing that still. Yeah. And they have those weird. Excuse me, Captain Kirk. I'm minding the store right now. Don't bother me. Working. Unlike you, I am working. Let's get into Luxana Troy a little bit because mm. she, of course, is juxtaposed with Wyatt's parents. And Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen, is is just a, a limp noodle. This is the I I don't know what they were thinking. I mean, he comes aboard and he's wearing a baggy sweater, which of course we know is is thanks to Cliff Huxtable. Oh, you think so? That's what you you've said that several times that that's a, a Cosby I, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, man, I missed that. I missed that. I promised I'd call out all those shoot. Well, and here's another one for you. And then he's <laughs> clutching. He's clutching with him his drawings. He brings oh, these yeah. drawings everywhere <laughs> drawings. he goes. And, drawings, you know, yeah. I know you make uh, in, in another life. You do some art yourself. I do some art myself. I have never in my life. And I've had a, a quite a long life now. Carried mm. my drawings around with me, you know, clutched to my bosom. Yes. Everywhere I went. I mean, that is just... Oh, listen, listen, Gross. listen. I when I watch that, when I because he has what he has he has pencil drawings, okay? Yes. Which are quite nice and somebody whoever whoever they hired to do the illustrations, they were well done. But better than the drawings um, you, of him that are on the the leopard <laughs> I know I noticed it wasn't they didn't try to they didn't try to pawn it off on the same artist. What I thought of when I do my pencil drawings, the last thing I do is rub them up against my chest because that would just totally ruin <laughs> pencil drawings. It ruins the whole thing. Oh, you oh, just rub right. them on your chest, and okay. people will buy them by the cartload. Can can I can I can I tell you something? Can yes, I can, can I note something? You We're may. using this term drawings. Do you think it's worth pointing out why we say drawing? He's <laughs> 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 like, there's one there's one very happy art teacher slash <laughs> jeweler out there that would really appreciate this. It fr- from high school, yeah, from high school, our high school days, and. He always said drawings, and it, I, I he was he was from he was from Chicago. Chicago. I think that's a Chicago way of saying drawings. I've never, I didn't, you know, the other people I've met from Chicago, I've never heard anybody say drawings, but he would always say drawings, and I loved it. If anyone out there, listeners, if anyone out there says drawings or know people who yes. says drawings and know where the heck that's coming from, drop us a line, would you? At the bridge, at the bridge tngs.com oh please uh gotta gotta drop oh. that email oh thank you you can also if you want you can send us your drawings too <laughs> send us yeah by all means send us your drawings i think you've seen our drawings uh posted online i this is totally the name of a blog post right there the drawings the drawings <laughs> what i like about luxana uh, troy yeah and this is what's ri- okay this is where this episode lands is very strange because we're going to talk about Riker here, and Riker has just been a god. Troy Troy was gone you know, last episode, and now we have this Troy-centric episode. 
And it's it's probably the most impactful Troy episode early on because of her mother. And when you see her dynamic with right. her mother, you totally begin to understand Deanna Troy in a new light. Because oh, her yes. mother is is, you know, her mother says what she thinks. There she doesn't she lacks that filter that stops her from from you know, making sure she only says appropriate things. And Deanna has to spend a lot of time running interference for her and apologizing to people and going, mother, mother, <laughs> stop, mother. Stop it. And so Shut she up, is simultaneously mother. the embarrassed child, right? right which works beautifully. Uh-huh. But also you understand why she is as tightly wound as she is, why she's so uptight as she is. Right. And well, there's also this weird element going on, too, which is really great that they're psychic. And so the mom mom is also speaking inside of Mm -hmm. Deanna's head at times this episode. So Deanna Troy has grown up not only dealing with this this kind of overbearing sort of flamboyant mom, but she's in her head all the time. So she's she's popping in and out of Deanna's head. And what's weird is that when she's speaking, you know, through her mind waves the the voice the voice is much more such a scientist mind waves the voice is such is so much more coherent i think it's interesting it's layered like the the outer flamboyant persona is her her garb that she puts on for the people that can't speak mindies and then she really uses the mind power stuff for more insight i think well, with her and daughter. also for more guarded conversation like they Mm -hmm. they it's it's almost like they know a foreign language and they know that no one else in the room knows a foreign language so they can go ahead and talk to each other with but but they can do it without the obvious rudeness of using language to block people out right and it it right where you're left out of the conversation it gives them that very interesting Uh, pipeline between the two of them she also what i love what loxana you know where where her daughter is an empath who is working really hard to kind of put people at ease she's using the same powers Mm -hmm. to put people on edge to give herself some influence over these other people oh by the way did you have your beverage Listeners, oh my god! Wait, hold on a second. I, I'm so, I'm listeners, so. I apologize. I'm so into this conversation. I, you know, my mind was going a, a mile there right there. I okay, could, could you hear it? Hold on a second. Go ahead, pop it open. All right, there you go. Ah, oof. Hold on. Mm. In case this is your first episode, everyone, this is my um, Perrier that I like to drink each. And I don't think I drank it uh, the first couple episodes, but in, in honor of our French captain who also loves Shakespeare, Jean Luc, Jean Luc Picard, this can I drink of thee. <laughs> so, so, but but, I, I, but but that's what I like about Loxana Troy. I mean, the fact that she, like Q, is really good at cutting through a lot of the pomposity of this show. Yes, but at the same time, I mean, this adds an element. To Deanna Troy, that yes, it does. I don't know that any other characters. We we meet other parents, mm-hmm. but none appear as often as Luxana, and none of them, I think, really add that kind of depth. I think you're right. The way she does, I think the character is great. I think it's, I think the performance is excellent. I think the character is great, and I think, I think, I mean, there's a lot of things going on just from the simplicity of the alien aspect of it. I know I mentioned this with the eyes. I love the stuff they do in the episode where they're speaking 
and it's all voiceover stuff between the two of them. Right. And Barrett, you know, kind of gestures while there's this voiceover going on. It's just it's it's timed a couple times really nicely, and it and it creates this intimacy between the two of them that I think is really nice to see. It layers them, like you're saying, but it also creates this alien aspect to it that I think is kind of cool and so simple, so easy to do. Right. It's just a silly, simple effect, the, the oldest effect. It would have been fun. What it really would have been fun and talk about a missed opportunity is why was she never in an episode with Q? Oh my God! Well, I mean, yeah. that would have been a riot. Yeah, that would have been funny. Yeah. Well, I think it's 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 a lot to have her in an episode, even with Picard, though. Sure. The way this episode begins, she's got this. She really likes to push Picard. Yes. And she, and I know she does this later on, but there's some really funny scenes where um, she kind of makes Picard feel uncomfortable, including. Oh, she she flusters him, and it's so much fun to watch. Oh, it is, and it's and and yeah, it's fun to watch the actors playing. It. And there's this great scene in the beginning where she, even though she has her valet with her, this giant mook of a man yes. who can carry anything, she yes. asks the captain to carry her big bag. And then, and then <laughs> got this. this is it's just it's so silly. I had to go back and watch it more than once. But he he's like, and he's uh, he's up for the job. He's trying to be polite, Captain Picard. Right. And he lifts the bag up, and then he gives this glance, like, "My God, what's in here?" Like this right. lady's packed everything. It was very old-fashioned humor. And then Mr. Hom just picks it up basically with one hand like there's nothing in it. And uh, Yeah, yeah. And Mr. Hom and, – and that's the other thing we got to talk about with Luxon mm. Troy. She brings Mr. Hom with her. And Mr. Hom, by the way, uh, played by famed Dutch actor uh, Carol Struckian, who also played Lurch in the Angelica Houston Adams Family oh. movies. Oh, oh, I thought that was Christopher Lloyd. No, no, no. That was Carol Strickland. I, I actually saw Carol Strickland once at, at LAX, and uh, that's Los Angeles International Airport. And that dude is, he looks basically like that. I mean, if you, he's so tall. Is he that he's tall? That in real tall. Life? He's that tall. And his his features are like that, you know, sort of an odd face, a heavy brow. And mm. that's the other thing I think these shows kind of miss out on is casting someone like him who is just kind of an earthbound alien in his physical right. appearance. Right. And right. I just don't understand why they don't do more of that. Like there's plenty of NBA players. There's plenty of <laughs> other, you know, Give me. <laughs> Rick, send more weirdos. Well, no, it's not, not so much weirdos as, as people who look different enough that right. you, that they're, they could play well, convincing aliens just by, sure. you know, appearance. Sure. Well, we'll look at Shimmerman. He's 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 uh, he's unusual. He's he's definitely what you would call a quote character actor, you know. And, but then they guss him all up with uh, with uh, silver paint or right. with that big stupid bulbous head that he wears around and the teeth. And Mr. Hom, I want to go back to Mr. Because Mr. Hom yes. is, is hilarious with the gong. Oh you know, yeah, he yeah. Keeps that banging the gong so... while they're eating. And Data, it just loves Mr. Hom. I mean, Data, there's this wonderful scene where the, all the families are, are sitting down to a meal, having like a little party, and the bridge crew is there. And, and Data is, is deliriously happy because he's all just, he's doing is watching this bickering. And he's got this look on his face that is, again, you got to watch the episode. That look is hilarious. But Brent Spiner's so great because I'm watching it and that look that he makes, it's like he's not supposed to be smiling, but it's like he's made some kind of a smirk that's like a smile. It's like a disguised smile. 
right. because Data is enjoying it so much, but you don't want to have him smile because it's too much emotion. And it's so perfectly done, the way he's looking at the... He, he loves everything that's going on in this room. He's taking it all in. He's learning about humans, and he loves watching them kind of misbehave. Right. He's, he's watching Loxana misbehave, and, and everybody everybody feels uncomfortable, and Data is just eating it up. It's great. Yeah, he's he's really feels like he's learning a lot. This is a great educational experience for him. But Mr. Hom is this ju- just there like wolfing everything right. down. Right. So he's drinking, he's standing by Data and he's drink he's drinking too much and then the drinking is making him try hit this little chime that's some beta beta zoan party chime or something, right? Yes, the show to give thanks for the food. Right. <laughs> he keeps hitting it and there's man, it's like from film 101 but there's the chime over and over again and it and every time it chimes it cuts to different characters responding to the chime right and it's like you're supposed to everybody's supposed to be ignoring it except for data data seems to be aware of it but everybody else is trying to ignore that's happening because they're told that this is like ceremonially appropriate to do so yeah. everybody's just kind of putting up with it even though it's as annoying as shit every time it's it's dinging it's a great it is a really great scene <laughs> Because every time you hear it, and you're just waiting for finally somebody to explode. I, I, I fully expected Picard to go enough, but, but he doesn't. No, instead, instead, it's Wyatt's incredibly tedious mother, who is who is clearly meant to be a straight person, right? I mean, she is, she is. Uh, her character is listed as Victoria Miller. I don't know that we ever hear that in the show, uh, but, but she is okay. so uptight and cranky and dim she's only there for Loxana to tear apart i was confused by her in this episode i i was i kept reading more into this episode into these characters on than i should have i thought that she was she she's an earthling or uh they're both earthling the millers are all from earth but for some reason i thought she was beta zoan no see that's this weird moment that that <laughs> deanna's like well it's an it's a beta z tradition and Someone says, and I believe it's Riker, says, but those people are from Earth. So why right. are they doing this? And, I, I and guess it's just sort of like shrug off. and you move on. But the, the, the parents are there simply to, to be shocked about having to go to the wedding naked. They're simply there to, to be like the traditional cranky couple. All right. And their connection with Wyatt is seems tangential at best. I mean, I... I it it's troublesome in the sense that Loxana gets and, and Deanna get a lot of interaction and Wyatt and his parents don't. But that's because, again, well, why his parents are simply foils. They're not meant to be real right. characters. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not. I know. And, and you certainly I mean, the show's not very long, but you we could have had more development. And I think if you if this was a modern show, this story thread would have gone on over, you know, five or six episodes of them being like this background story going on on the ship and a continuing story, or they would have scrapped it because there wasn't enough story there. But right. really, when I see this kind of stuff, that kind of that kind of sloppiness, it makes me it reminds me of the Love Boat or or Fancy <laughs> Island, you know, like these characters, they just drop them in and they and they hope they'll get a really strong character actor to play right. the part so they can bring something to the characters because, you know, they're trying to crank out these episodes and they're spending a lot of time on a lot of stuff on this episode. It's just that some of the things aren't getting attention. The 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 big issue right. outside of her mom really is her relation, uh, Deanna Troy's relationship with Commander Rika and how <laughs> Her being betrothed to this Wyatt Miller is in a conflict with her relationship with Riker, and I and I uh-huh. honestly I'm very confused about her relationship with Riker. I don't get it. 
uh, you're talking about Deanna's Troy's Deanna Troy's relationship with Riker. I they they they're they're on it as they said famously on Friends. We're on a break. I mean, what was happening? <laughs> like, are they what we are talking about? Yeah. Is is probably the douchiest performance by by Jonathan Frakes, and I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. What must have like obviously these these weren't filmed in order. What must he felt no, though? They they were they but were. Let's pret- okay, just, for just for a minute, let's pretend they were. But it didn't seem like it. Yeah. Let just for a minute, let's pretend they were. And so he gets All the right. he gets the episode for hide and cue. He gets the script for hide and cue, and he's like, "Oh, cool. There's some like some stuff here for me to do." Then he gets this. Then he gets this. But, but he's doing plenty in this episode. No, you no, no. But episode? what he's doing is such an enormous is is so awful. Okay. So it opens with him. Now he's just been a god. Let's remember that part. But it yeah, but opens with like, him. You act like you're nobody remembers that. That's what I don't like about this kind of episodic TV. There's no it's as if none of that happened. But I remember it, Dave. <laughs> yeah. The last time we saw him, he had the power of a god. The next time we see him, he's kicking back in his quarters, ogling these holographic harp right. players. And at first you're like he has women in his cabin playing the harp for him. And then you yeah. realize, oh, no, it's just holograms. But the way he's looking at them is <laughs> the one. Yeah, it's it is it is baffling. Like, is this what is this where uh, pornography goes to eventually? It starts on, with harp in the players, future. Yeah. <laughs> is this what happens? It's like now uh, uh, the, the one on the left with the harp move forward a little bit. I want to see that harp playing a little more clearly. Well, no, what happens? What happens is while they're playing the harp, you know, one of them breaks a string and then the harp rep- repair man comes in. You know, played by Wharf or whatever, and you know, oh, we don't have any money to pay you for this. Could we? But it's it. it if you were any other woman, I'd fix your harp. <laughs> I'd slap you to the ground and make you crawl back to me like I did last episode. But what a weird thing to watch. I mean, it is apparently there is no like you know TV or movies or anything like that because that's oh a God. horrible thing to be watching. And it's even if it's porn, it's it's awful porn i wish there was some way to find out what i mean how that happened like what happened in the writer's room or if that was roddenberry coming in and going you know it'd be really great if Riker was like like Riker's supposed to be the swinging dude but this is what he watches like is it a joke is it funny or is it like what's happening is it coming from the same place that the tin plate came from the talking tin plate i mean like what, what what is happening i've i it would have been great if he had been watching a show about that talking box. I, I would have loved that. <laughs> it but is that, a whole subplot where that's he's a character that they all watch. That would be excellent. But Riker's a total player, and we know that. And he was just down in, in the episode Justice. He was just down on the planet, and he was randy, to say the least, and, and, and eager to get back down to the planet. So what I'm getting at is this real double standards going that he's all upset right. because Troy is going to marry this guy, you know, hey, put a ring on it, baby. If if you're serious about this, why don't yes. you be serious about it? And if not, then not. But see, that's the thing. We could talk for the next five hours about this part of it, because I this that is this whole episode. He Yeah, he's not marrying her, right? But then he's pissed off that she's got this other right. dude. But then she her excuse... That the reason why they can't be together is because he wants to one day command a starship, which is what he's doing right now. And they're together on the starship. Like, what does it imply that she has to be 
like making babies or they have to be making babies. She has to be watching them on the on back on her plan or something. I don't get it. I don't no, understand. It's, like it's a weird moment, especially when, as we have discussed before, the 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 ship is filled with families. How can you can't right. be a captain if you have a wife? What? <laughs> well, like that is a problem in modern military. There's a lot of families that have conflict about this, of course, right? It's a thing, but not when you have your whole right, family with right. you on the ship. It doesn't make any sense, and I think it's weird, and I know it's uh, patriarchal nonsense, but there's also just nonsense because you've got the both commanding guys on the ship are familyless, and they're acting as if they, they neither one can have a family, but then you've got these families on the ship. It doesn't make any sense. I just and don't, I don't, I don't get that part and, of it. And, and Riker does a lot of pouting. And that's the other thing. I mean, he acts like oh, he's yeah. he's thirteen oh, or, or fourteen, and there's that moment in the ready room where you know Picard says, "Well, congratulations," and he's like, "I'm gonna leave," and Riker like walks over to the wall and leans against the wall with his face turned away from <laughs> from Deanna, and it's like, "What are you? What is this?" I mean, if you want to leave, leave. If you want to cry, cry. But to sit there and just stand against the wall like, you know, do you see how I'm suffering? Right. This wall is my anxiety now. You see that? <laughs> oh, and, and the biggest pout is later on, which is which is my which is my other favorite weird part of this episode is where he's pouting in the in the holodeck. Yeah, and they've got this cool, it's really cool looking, this planet that he's on. I mean, it's really cool because it's so old-fashioned Star Trek, like from the original series. Right. And he's sitting there, and he's pouting on this big rock, and he's all splayed out the only, in only the way that this giant man who is Jonathan Frakes can use his body. He's like all over this rock, and he's really, I did a little sketch of it. Maybe I'll put my sketch online. He, okay, he, yeah, he, uh, we, we need to see this. <laughs> He's he's yeah he's really pouting. He's got his head in his in his hands and his elbows. And you're right. He's like he's a teenage boy. But what does he expect from Troy? I don't get this. And what kind of a man is he in that sense that he's not? I mean, he could take Wyatt easily. Like, well, okay. And and Wyatt, it, it, I think if anything, I would just be blown away to think that Wyatt would be my quote unquote competition. Is like if Troy finds Wyatt palatable, what is that saying about me? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's well, it's like, wait a minute. Well, Her taste in men suck. Wait a minute. Maybe I, by gosh, I might have a chance with Counselor Troy. She, <laughs> well, see, if I were on that ship yes. and I saw this going on, that's what I would think. Well, this is the time to make your move, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like anybody, Apparently, anybody but Wyatt. And see, where are my drawings? Where are my drawings? Where are my I draw need to, to I need to cuddle them I can and walk around and, and have like that horrible uh, like flouncy haircut. Well may maybe you could have a like a draw off or something. There could be like a, a draw a, a drawer draw off. off. Like where you could uh, yeah, I could outdraw that Wyatt. Look at Well split. don't forget, he's also he's also <laughs> someone who cares a great deal for people because he's a doctor. He's a doctor. And he just and, and he just cares for people. That's all he does is care for and people. And that's the other weird part about this. He also says, Well, do I have a does that mean I have competition on the ship? And she's like, no, 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 of course not. You don't have competition. But what I think is weird about the the fact that he's a doctor, Counselor Troy goes out of her way to say, we could work in tandem together, me with my counseling skills, you with your doctoring, and we could like we could open up our own practice. And it's like, isn't that exactly what she's doing on the ship with her own captain? Like she's actually 
you know, cohabitating the workplace with somebody that she could be having a relationship with. It makes no sense. Oh, with 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 Riker. Riker yeah, but sure. I'm just saying, like, yeah, the captain, you said the captain. No, no, I but I mean, what I... Is, am I missing something? No, no, no. What, I'm sorry. What I mean is, you know, Riker go off and get his own command, and then she'd go with him and be her his counselor, right? Right. I mean, what, right. That, obviously, they're showing you she has a, a job, but I think it speaks to how they're valuing the women on the show and in this era that they have these jobs that are... Eh, we could do without him. I mean, I don't know how you could do without the ship doctor, but this counselor job seems to be like, it's almost like, oh, it's kind of like, we don't totally take that job seriously. Well, it'll also become yeah. an issue later on, actually next season when Guinan shows up and, and Guinan, uh, uh, played by Whoopi Goldberg, is, is a bartender right. who listens to people. Right. And it's like, oh, God, now we have another listener. We have two security <laughs> people, now we have two listening right. people. Well, yeah. And, and her role takes on different dimensions, of course. No, especially she has a relationship with the captain that doesn't work the same way that um, the Deanna Troy's relationship works with them. I think that they're smart about that. I, they, You could tell they were thinking, how are we going to fit Whoopi into this thing? They could see that that was a conflict, and I think they, they do something different with her. And and this is always my rant about that character, who I like that character a lot. Get When we get all the way all the way up to um, the Borg movie one. Uh, ne- uh, yes, uh, First Contact. Nemesis. First Contact, right? I believe that she should have been in that movie, and for whatever reason, she was making Sister Act 2 or whatever. She was not in that movie, and I and I do believe that she was replaced by somebody else, and, and it would have been a better Alfred movie. Alfred Woodard? Alfred Woodard is a great actor and she has a really great character yeah. but i do believe that that was supposed to be there's a lot of moments that should have been guinan moments yeah that makes sense like even even our even our everybody's most favorite line you know the line the line scene this far no father right that scene i mean that should have been whoopee in that scene right doesn't this that far, make sense? no father you broke your little ships oh <laughs> uh, yeah i mean so Riker is a one douche patrol here in this one no one remembers that he was a god before. He clearly doesn't remember well, because now he is a teenager. Right. He's re- reverted. But you notice, I don't think that Picard has one word to say to him in this whole episode. Am I wrong about that? Oh, gosh. I didn't I, I think Picard's still pissed at him if you want to read that kind of stuff into it. <laughs> <laughs> we, could, we could definitely uh, put that. That could be part of our head game. <laughs> he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't say a thing about... Um, to him. I mean, he's Picard's busy in this episode. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but I don't think he exchanges one word with him. Well, apparently he doesn't have that much going on because they're parked over at Haven and he's able to, you know, still have a couple of dinner parties. And it's not like he's mm-hmm. he, he I know they're concerned about that Torellian ship coming forward. Yeah, the he has plague, a couple so of the, meetings there, the, too. The, but it's like the plague at the same time, the plague ship's coming. And yeah. And, and and then we've got the uh, chancellor of Haven is, keeps calling up and going, uh, are you going to do something about the plague ship before he gets here, Captain? Oh, okay. I, I got to talk about her then. Oh, good, because I have you a lot to say about her, her too. Please, please. Valetta Ennis, the electrine, electrine of, of Haven. Oh, oh and electrine is, is her title? Electrine is her title. Her name is Valetta Ennis. Oh, man, I should have called myself electrine this episode. You'll always be my electrine. And and she's only there to fret over the ship approaching, right? She shows up to establish her earlier, and then she shows up again to fret over the ship, to put pressure on Picard to take action, right, and to heighten the tension. But, of course, she is a female leader. And, and when she first popped up, I thought, oh, okay, neat. Nice big hair. You know, there's a woman in charge. And then, of course, she has to be defenseless, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, our planet's defenseless. 
It's like, really? Well, what, what would they have done if the Enterprise wasn't there? And then she points it out, like, how, how fortuitous. But, but the thing that I think is weird about her is that is, is this leader of the planet Haven, is she a Betazoid as well? No. But why does she? She's There's got. There's no indication. It, that but she it's, is. it's like that accent of Troy's, and they pointed out <laughs> in, in this episode. Her mom points out. Did you, did you catch that line where her mom is saying yeah, that accent? That accent is your father's. Yes. Which is funny because it's this funny nod to this accent, and I just don't. And I've been looking online to try to figure out this accent of hers because I just don't get it. But the uh, whatever her name is Electro Electrolysisen or whatever. Valeda Valeda Innes, the Electorine of Haven. Electro Electro line. She um she's got that same accent, and I'm. And I'm trying to figure out what is going on. And I mean, I, I know that I could be too dumb to understand what accent this is, but it's stilted the way she talks. And it's not the way that she really speaks. So the actress. Right. So I don't I don't get it. And it's funny that they noted it. I was watching this with my wife last night. And she has suggested that maybe, maybe it's a made up accent because she couldn't do like an American accent. And that who you mean, uh, Troy? Yeah. That I'm sorry, I, I was I lost track whether you were talking about uh, no, no, Electron. I'm talking Troy. about Troy. I'm talking about um, maybe she couldn't put on a fake American accent because basically there's too many Brits on the show. Like we can't have right. Sir Patrick Stewart and we can't have uh, Deanna Troy both as um, British people on the show. It's too much. So then whatever it is, we need to find well, her. You act like you act like I'm not. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure she will be willing to be interviewed. Uh, Oh, do you think so? I would love to talk to her. But the thing is, oh, yeah. the thing is, I think I'm sure that there's a lot of thinking that's gone into it. I'm thinking way too much about this. This is actually something I think about every time she pops on the screen. I never am not that, thinking that about this. and her little uh, uh, V-shaped belt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So she had that. She had that. And I know in the last episode, you suggested that that's where she was. That she was she was test driving. Some she more, was getting. Yeah, she's getting a new some one. more yeah. of these V's. And I want to I want to note um, she wears two two of these little numbers this time. <laughs> one of them is just like her regular or old the pink one that she's worn before or, or chartreuse right. and and then and then there's a ceremonial v that she wears and it's got like sparkles on it well also keep in keep yeah. in mind um that she has that horrible hair extension that she has to wear too like when she has her hair up in that weird i dream of genie do yeah yeah it's a it's a bad hair episode this actress is a very attractive actress and they figured out a way of making her look as unappealing as possible in these episodes with the hair i don't i just don't understand what it is i don't i don't oh, know they, they yeah well her her and poor gates mcfadden always, oh yeah yeah you know they do them no favors ever <laughs> and i think it's in generations the first movie the first next gen movie generations that they're lit so poorly. oh well they're lit and there's i think there's some really bad lighting yeah throughout this whole series including the movies but they light those two horribly <laughs> they never get gates mcfadden right i swear every time you yeah. see her it's like they've never these guys in hollywood they're they're shooting all these shows okay they've shot a million shows and they it's like they've never shot anybody that's got red hair or something before because every right, time right. it's like some new treatment with her hair and and she's somebody that you know, they make her look so bad, Gates McFadden, poor Gates McFadden. As as the show goes on and they get into the movies like 10 years later, she ends up looking better than she did early on in the show. Like, you know, she's yes, a young, I agree. young person getting older and she's looking better as she gets older then because they but don't. The lighting, it's the lighting. lighting in these first two seasons is yeah. atrocious. I mean, I, I think we've talked about that yes, before. Yeah, I mean, it I, makes the sets look so poor. Right. It looks like something you'd see at the Comic-Con, like one of those big... Uh, See, you might sit in at the Comic-Con. I did want to touch on the hair for a minute, but... 
I think it's more important because because you, you got to remember too, Yars. Well, that that, that was, wasn't enough on the hair. That wasn't enough on the hair. So Wyatt's got his horrible hair. The the mystery woman right. Ariana on the leper ship obviously goes to the same salon as the Edo. <laughs> And oh, no. Yar, for some reason, yeah. at the dinner party, Our, Yar's got Yar it. has puffy hair. Yeah. I mean, her hair actually looks like Jigglypoof from Pokemon. I, choose I, I you. don't understand why she thought that. I choose you, Commander Yar. <laughs> yar, Yar. That's her, that's her Pokemon. Because Yar, Yar. <laughs> she has like what they call an updo in that scene. <laughs> what would they do with Worf's hair in this? I mean, it was just, you know, Worf is, is not in this episode. Again, who knows why? They all need a break, okay? And this was Wesley in the episode. No, there's no Wesley, and no, and yeah. no Warp. The thing is, Wesley can come and go, okay? It makes more sense that he's not in the episode because he's the kid, the boy, the boy. But um, Warp, and this is what I was suggesting last episode. What is this like? The week that they get their dental work done? Like everybody gets a, <laughs> everybody gets one week off to do their dentistry. Well, he was he was growling up a storm last episode, so I guess he gets to, he's got to stand down now. I, I've I've pulled a loin. Ouch! <laughs> ah, Captain, I need time off to find my fantasy woman who I slapped earlier. Captain, my I'll be asking Q to recreate That's her. Where he is yeah. Well, like God knows what kind of holograms he's looking at in his in his room. <laughs> it's like, it's like, they're not harps, and he's <laughs> like he's, he's a warrior. I I I can't come out this episode, Captain. I'm busy watching my holograms. There's no place for it in my life. Let's talk about some arbitrary story constraints that create false tension. You know, I mean, the initial one, of course, will Troy leave the Enterprise? No, of course, she's not going to leave the Enterprise. We know she's not going to leave the Enterprise. There's no chance she's going to leave the Enterprise. It's funny because, you know, Yar in this season is going to leave the Enterprise. And so I, I'm curious to get back eventually to that episode and see how they handle it, because it's like, that's a surprise. Oh, yeah, she's she's gone. Well, right. You know, after all these years, I've been watching movies and TV for a long time, and I catch myself many times getting bored uh, at newer shows that I have less patience for. I had a lot of patience for this show back in the day because there wasn't a lot of stuff on TV, right? But (laughs) (laughs) it's true. You can put up with a lot of crap. And nowadays, I'm sitting there going like, geez, man, (laughs) like this kind of stuff. You you just never put up with this nowadays. Like, she's not going to leave the show. They're going to have to invent something smarter than this. Well, they don't. Well, they don't. But the thing that they do, because I was so distracted by that part of the story that I totally missed (laughs) the very obvious connection the doctor, Wyatt, Wyatt Miller, all these years, he's been drawing these drawing, these pictures of this woman who he thinks is going to be Deanna Troy when she when he shows up and sees her. But instead, it's this other other person and clearly is not Deanna Troy. And so he's he's a little disappointed until he sees how beautiful Deanna Troy is, as he says. And then so I'm thinking, OK, where is this? woman where is she going to show up and and of course she's on that plague ship all right but i just i did not see that coming i've even seen this episode before i'm just sitting there getting all distracted by everything and then finally oh i'm like oh yeah i bet she's on that plague ship i did have a long career teaching literature and there was always this moment if you had a main or central character who didn't know who their parents were i guarantee you at some point in the book their parents are showing up. Yeah, of course. Right. This is also a very, very true in 17th century, 18th century literature, 19th century literature. The mysterious parent is always going to show up. He has a mystery woman. She's going to show up. 
and it's, I know she and there's was only coming. one place for coming. her to show yeah. up. I'm just trying to point out how heavy handed and and obvious and I groaned at this when I first saw it. I was like, oh, for God's sake, she's on the ship. Who doesn't know this? No, I thought he was going to run into her in the cafeteria or something. I was like, oh. <laughs> now, that would have been good. That would have been good times. I, I understand how obvious it is. I'm just telling you, and I'm, I'm just way more involved in what's happening with like Yar's hair and stuff. I just can't, I just can't even, I, I'm deep into this thing. I, I can't even see that kind of nonsense. Well, you need, you need to, you need some critical separation because you should have seen that coming a mile away. I should have. And, I, and the most important thing is you should have realized she would be bare, have a bare midriff. Oh, I know. Because uh, what is that outfit? Well, uh, what is that outfit? Is she, <laughs> all she needs is a basket of fruit on her head. Well, wherever that, and, and she could be Carmen Miranda. What is that outfit? Well, I know they have the plague, but it's, sure, it's certainly not on her stomach that plague no and yeah she's 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 got some decent abs yeah that's the thing that, that was as jarring as anything i was like i hope it's not cold on that ship yeah yeah uh, they were shooting uh the kubrick was on this next sound stage for the for the tin plated uh tin man and and then she and she stepped in from the olivia newton john let's get physical shoot that was going on uh to on the other sound stage that's what it looked like well, it's fresh, fresh from the planet of the edo to uh to the plague ship and this 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 poor woman. I mean, it's it's a terrible character, and I'm sure she was happy to have the work. They have that bald guy over there too. Who <laughs> I thought that I thought that bald guy was Sh- Shimmerman, actually. Really? Yeah, I did. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> I thought that was him because I I knew he was in the episode. And I thought that was him. I'm like, oh, there he is. Wait a second, is that him? Uh, this 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 guy has been in a number of different things. I mean, he, he's a character actor who's been around forever. He's the Shimmerman Shimmerman. Why was his character ne- necessary? I mean, he, he, she could have done all the talking. No, we got to have this guy. He's her father. And it's again how, um, it's again how they treat the women as these objects flying right. around the galaxy. And can we, can we get some transporter control? I mean, we've talked about this before. How many times hasn't someone just like jumped into that transporter? Captain McCard does it, gets over the stargazer. Right. People just jump into that transporter left and right. Doesn't seem to be anyone controlling it. Ca- but, Captain McCard beams himself out into the middle of space. Right. <laughs> well, that's the thing about, uh, you know, that's the thing about locking this kind of stuff down. It's like then, you know, if you do what's logical, then you're not going to have all this drama. I mean, what, what's going to well, happen? And then or- you have this poor unnamed transporter chief who, by the way, obviously borrowed his uniform i mean they didn't make that uniform just for him it is so ill-fitting and it looks like it has not been pressed he's a that guy i swear to god i thought he was the 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 guy i had to look him up because he's characterized has been a ton of stuff in the 70s and 80s and i i thought he was the guy that played buffalo bill in um science of the lambs (laughs) (laughs) because he has i transport me (laughs) he has this voice it was like transporters engaged I also had to wonder whose uniform did he have? Like, whose smell did he get? Because we talked about how those uniforms, yeah. the Spanix uniforms are holding smell. Did they give him a bunch of them and said, sniff uh, up, buddy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did someone else come back from, like, you know, vacation and go, my uniform smells a little weird? Ugh. It, it smells like a character actor who got knocked out. This smells like the $6 million man. But they don't even name that guy. I mean, he doesn't even, he's like, you know transporter chief ed or something he's, like that he has a he does have a name but he and he's on a, he's on a few of the episodes i think he's on like three or four of them so he does what re- yeah he is no yeah he was on the i think he was on the last episode 
the one before this one. I don't think that's correct. I'll update you next episode about that, all right? Okay, you're going to do some research here. Oh, yeah. The transporter chief. Uh, do you know what it is? What his name is? No, <laughs> what this task is. It's one of my life goals. Oh, wow. Life goals. That's great. Are you putting it on your pegboard? Oh, yeah, I'm putting it on my inspiration board. Yeah, just dream on it. My dream board. <laughs> there is nothing subtle in this episode at all. Oy vey, Ismir. Oh, sorry. That, uh, your, your oy vey got me. Your oy vey. Oy vey, Ismir. You got me. So this was episode 10. This was episode 10, we, yeah. We've got 10 of these things. We should give ourselves a high five or something. Okay, I'm high fiving you virtually. Slap. You know. Yeah, there, there, yeah. there. Hands up. O- only 168 more to go. <laughs> well, very good. I'm glad you got not 186, but 168 did. more I'm going to go. remember that until uh, 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 930. the next episode i'm very excited about i don't know about you i am too it's the big goodbye the long the long kiss good night the big the long the 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 big uh, but i'm sorry what's it called again i just told you what it was called. the long goodbye it is called the big goodbye the big goodbye the big goodbye and that's what i'm offering to you right now the listener i am of course Ambassador Andrew, and this is my close personal friend, Commander Dave. And we'll be back next time with uh, some big goodbye. Thank you very much. Uh, and you've been, and listening, you've been to... listening to. Yes. ST. ST. You do it. No, you do it. It means more to you. <laughs> it doesn't really. ST. TNGs. Not another Star Trek podcast. Not another one. Oh, my God. I am buried in these things. Let's go mine the store. Oh, there was one engage in this episode. There was one engage. There was one engage. By Commander Riker. No, there were two engages. Two engages. When? Picard says engage for the tractor beam. Engage the tractor beam. And then Riker says engage at the end. Because he's happy now that... Uh, uh, Troy's going to live alone and be miserable while he gets a starship command <laughs> Commander. And, and jerks it to harp playing holographs. Commander, now you can watch more of your, your harp porn. Join us for our next episode when the crew takes their first deep dive into the holodeck and says hello to the big goodbye. <laughs> the mean streets of 10 Ford. On the Enterprise D. Andrew and Dave get all excited about some very special, special effects. You see the ship through the door of the holodeck. It's really seamless. I mean, it's nicely done. Then things get a little too real on the holodeck. Andrew, tell us more about the holodeck, please. But use your hands. And the boys discuss the captain's desire to enjoy some doctor-patient privileges. He's going to detect her fiction. I mean, he is going to Maltese her falcon. So much action, so much adventure, so much of the picking apart in the next episode of STTNG's Not Another Star Trek Podcast. You know what would be really funny, Gene?